Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Steffen. Joining me today, as usual, is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Buckler. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about ransomware. The reason that we keep on talking about this stuff is that every single day, somebody is attacked with ransomware. I wish it weren't the case, but it really does continue to be the case. And there have been a number of interesting happenings recently in the ransomware sphere from a municipality perspective, from a just generalized attack perspective, and interestingly enough, some arrests. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that today and give you some updates there. And again, talk about the basic 101 stuff, what you can do to not be the next ransomware victim. So with that, let's kind of get started. Ken, talk to me a little bit about some of the current events that you saw that we kind of wanted to talk about as far as this podcast was concerned. Yeah, so so Interpol uh, recently announced that they have they were running an operation from November of last year I'm sorry from September to November of last year uh, to try to address the growing ransomware problem and now if you read the news you'll see that there's actually been a very recent uptick in ransomware attacks against uh, municipalities small governments and and probably small businesses, although those aren't going to hit the news as much. And the reason for that is they don't really have the, the resources to defend themselves in the first place. Um, but the Interpol operation, and this was called Operation Synergia, and I'm probably butchering that name, but uh, they detained 31 individuals and identified an additional 70 suspects. Uh, most of the C2 servers, the command and control servers, were actually in Europe, where they arrested 26 people. Hong Kong and Singapore police took down 153 and 86 servers uh, in those countries. Um, and then there were also takedowns in South Sudan, Zimbabwe, Bolivia, and Kuwait. So this was a, a major operation by Interpol. Um, big kudos to them huge win for the good guys because they have significantly shut down this operation yeah that's awesome news and i again i'm glad to see the international cooperation and making those kind of things work we are always looking for the good wins it is hard enough taking and getting the easy wins much less the hard ones so when you see them is something that we do want to talk about it is something that we do want to publicize because it is very very important to see that our friends in the law enforcement community be it interpol be it the fbi be it whoever are actually taking down some of these these cyber criminals it is not easy we can have all the information that you want in fact i know i'll share a story when when I was taking and doing credit reporting, we worked with the FBI pretty often. And the FBI, they knew T 
to the square foot exactly where an attack was coming from in St. Petersburg. They knew it. They knew without a question it was coming from this computer doing this kind of thing. On They knew everything about the person. They knew everything about the computer. They knew everything about the location. They knew everything. Prosecuting was a totally different issue because they were located in St. Petersburg and obviously not in the United States. And so even getting that kind of cross-cooperation between those different law enforcement agencies was very, very difficult, despite the fact that we knew exactly what was going on. And so when you see a success like that happening across international borders, it is something that you want to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, it's very interesting, you know, how we have seen global crime evolve to the point that the the crime really does not know any borders and it, it's kind of terrifying if you if you think about it you know here we have you know somebody in st petersburg or somebody in even north korea and sometimes these are even state-sponsored ransomware attacks um so so yeah so i you know i i think it's extremely important for organizations to take this threat seriously especially if you're a smaller organization because something that you know i've heard far too many times is oh they won't bother targeting me they won't attack me i'm too small no guess what you're small you're the ones they're going to attack yeah let's talk about that for a minute because i that i think is very relevant it was something that i was just about to bring up too you hear that conversation over and over and over again yes they're going after the big companies for sure don't fool yourself they're going after the big bank and trust they're going after the big pharma companies, they're going after the different government websites. And those organizations have monolithic defenses in place to try to mitigate some of these attacks. Not always successful, but they they have so many controls in place that they do, I would consider, by and large, a, at least a better than average job of repelling a majority of those attacks. You, small business, Bob's House of Widgets, my favorite small business, probably don't have the resources that Bob's Big Bank and Trust has to combat cybercrime. And so the best that you can do is follow security best practices. The worst that you can do is think that, hey, I'm small, nobody's going to pay attention to me, therefore I'm going to have security through obscurity. One of my favorite terms from you know, way back is this idea that if they don't see you or can't find you, then they can't attack you. Well, that's all well and good, except that, trust me, they can see you, they can attack you, and they're happy to get you because they know you don't have the resources. More to the point, then you come back to what some of these ransomware attacks really look like. They realize that maybe MGM paid the $15 million or, or Caesars paid, sorry, it was Caesars Entertainment paid the $15 million to mitigate the ransomware. Maybe you don't have $15 million to pay, but you have a, a thousand or a couple thousand, and they know that you are so petrified as to what's going on that paying that couple thousand is cheaper than trying to phone a friend and get help with their your, a ransomware attack. So, of course, they're going to go after you because you are easy pickings for them to get a couple of dollars. It doesn't have to be millions and millions of dollars in attack. Some of them are, for sure. But they are more than happy getting, let's say, 1500 bucks from your small business to restore your point-of-sale system. If that's something that is concerning to you, then you should be paying more attention to it and figure out ways to 
have better security around that point of sale. And, you know, something else that's important, too, is realize that, okay, you get hit by ransomware, just the ransomware is not going to be your cost to recover, even if, you know, if you do pay the ransom, which I hope you don't. You know, the, the problem with paying the ransom is that it just encourages them to keep doing it. If everybody would stop paying the ransom, they'd stop doing it because they wouldn't make any money. But give you a great example. City of Baltimore, 2019, got hit by a ransomware attack. Now, I'm not sure whether they actually paid it or not, but the amount that they the attackers were requesting, which this is an attack that shut down all of the, the City of Baltimore's uh, government computer systems, $76,000 is what the attackers wanted. Now, that was not the actual cost, though, to the City of Baltimore. The actual cost was actually estimated to be about $18 million is what uh, it cost the city of Baltimore to recover from that ransomware attack. Partially because they did not have a written disaster recovery plan for handling such an attack. So that right there should drive home the key importance of have a plan in place ahead of time identify what would happen if my system get hit by a ransomware attack where are my weak spots find those weak spots fix the weak spots but then also still plan to assume that eventually you're going to get hit eventually everything's going to get locked out now what do you do yeah and i'll give you another example i mean this seems kind of far-fetched but the, you go to a grocery store, and when was the last time you went into a, especially a chain grocery store, and you saw a price tag on anything? Price tags are on shelves. That's just how it is. They're not out there with their, their price guns taking and marking anything for sale, or so on and so forth. Well, let's hypothetically say that you're a small retailer, and all of a sudden, your again, your point-of-sale system gets hacked or shut down or or maybe it's not even anything particularly bad. Maybe it's just your computer's crash or, I don't know, something bad. Can you be in business? Well, in the old days, and dating myself here, obviously, you just collected the money. They, they made exact change for you and you move on. But now, sometimes it's credit card only. It's all based on whatever the computer tells you what the pricing is. And so if that computer is not running anymore, your ability to conduct business is done. You cannot do it. You have no idea what the price of that pack of gum is. You have no idea what the price of that jumbo-sized carton of eggs. You might have an inkling of what it is, but you, you just don't know. And the point is, is if you don't have a plan for that and understand what those impacts are going to be, Maybe it's time to step back and think, what happens if this happens to me? What can I do to recover? Not trying to scare anybody. That's not really what the purpose of this podcast is. That's not the purpose of this conversation. But as Ken just mentioned, it's when you don't have a plan in place that you end up taking and sustaining the greatest amount of damage because not only are you susceptible to the attack, but then you flounder around trying to figure out how to deal with the attack once it's already happened. That's the problem. And so if you take anything away from today's podcast, if you are a company, understand what your risks are and how to recover from some of these kind of outages. If you're an individual, even understand what it means to get attacked, what it means to your family, what it means to you, and how are you going to recover from that? Maybe it's a, some, something as simple as unplugging that computer and taking it to your local computer repair shop, but understand what that is and have a plan and then 
you can plan accordingly and, and continue on with your life. If you don't do that, then you're susceptible to the greater impacts of some of these kind of attacks. And, and you know, one, one final thought I've got, Chris, is also test that plan. You know, so, so, and once again, I'm going to pick on the city of Baltimore on this because they didn't have a plan. So they came up with a, an ad hoc plan and it did not work very well. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to read this to you. This is just amazing to me. So part of the, the problem that of course the city of Baltimore had was they got completely locked out of their email accounts. So in response to that, well, we need to be able to do email still. So they went and they all started creating Gmail accounts. Google saw this massive number of Gmail accounts being created, all with the similar or same IP address. So it started shutting down the, the Gmail accounts. So it's important to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's important <laughs> to test your plan to make sure your plan is actually going to work. Yeah, again, we, uh, we kind of beat this horse, but it is really important. And I, I, the last thing that I ever want to do is do a whole lot of fear-mongering, so on and so forth. But these are the kind of reports that you hear almost on a daily basis, especially if you follow you know, cybersecurity news, obviously, like Ken and I do. And we felt it important enough to take and talk about it yet again because it is something that is really top of mind or should be top of mind of pretty much all the security and technology professionals that are out there. With that, I appreciate the conversation today. I hope that you found it educational. Again, please don't take it as fear-mongering because that's not what it's supposed to be. We just want you to be more prepared. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to contact us. Or if you have ideas about another podcast, let us know. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.